Good morning. Welcome if you're joining us here. Welcome if you are joining us online. We begin our service with the blessing that John pronounces upon the churches in the first chapter of the book of Revelation. I pray you will be blessed with kindness and peace from God, who is and was and is coming. May you receive kindness and peace from the seven spirits before the throne of God. May kindness and peace be yours from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness. Jesus was the first to conquer death and he is the ruler of all earthly kings. Christ loves us. And by his blood, he set us free from our sins. He lets us rule as kings and serve, his God, serve God his Father as priests. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Look, he's coming with the clouds. Everyone will see him, even the ones who stuck a sword through him. All people on earth will weep because of him. Yes, it will happen. Amen. The Lord God says, I am Alpha and Omega, the one who is and was and is coming. I am God, all-powerful. Let's stand and worship this God together as we sing. Now thank we all our God. I invite you just to think back over this past week. Is there something that has made you want to praise God? Something that's given you a sense of wonder or awe? 
or gratitude. Maybe you've caught a glimpse of the sun and what's been a pretty dull week, either in the dawn or the sunset. Maybe just a warm drink or a cup of soup when you've been cold. The warmth in a friendly voice. Whatever has caught your eye or your ear or what has caught your breath, just bring that to mind and quietly thank God for those moments. Lord, we thank you for those moments of beauty which kind of put us in touch with you. And thank you that you are the source of every good and perfect gift. And as we allow these memories to nourish our soul, we, we bring before you as well those occasions this past week which have filled us with worry or sadness or frustration. Those incidents which have depleted our joy and drained our hearts of praise. And we bring those to you as well. Because you are the God of every moment of our lives. And thank you that whatever we've been through, you meet us here this morning in the reality of life. And we are grateful for that as well. So bless us in this time of worship. Thank you that you are right here, right now, meeting each of us at our point in need. And we worship you, our Creator, God the Son, our Saviour, Holy Spirit, our Comforter, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. We use the words of Psalm 98 as a responsive reading as we continue in worship. Sing a new song to the Lord, for he has worked wonders. His right hand and holy arm have brought salvation. The Lord has made known his salvation, has shown his justice to the nations. He has remembered his truth and love for the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Ring out your joy. Sing psalms to the Lord with the harp, with the sound of music. With trumpets and the sound of the horn, acclaim the King, the Lord. Let the sea resound, and all within it, thunder, the world and all its peoples. Let the rivers clap their hands, and let the hills ring out their joy. At the presence of the Lord, for he comes, he comes to rule the earth. He will rule the world in justice, and the peoples with fairness. So we're going to sing a not quite such a new song to the Lord. We're going to sing My Jesus, My Saviour and allow that to lead us in a short time of sun worship. Can I invite you to stand if you'd like to and you're able. Thank you.
Amen. Do please be seated. And as we continue to work our way through Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians, we come this morning to chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. Now, concerning the times and seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. And while people are saying there is peace and security, then suddenly... This is a fire drill. Can I invite you please to vacate the building calmly and quietly using the fire exits there and the fire exit here. We gather in the car park, please. If you're joining us online, we shouldn't be very long, I hope. Well done, everybody. Welcome back. People who've had an order of service have said, oh, so that's what drill on the order of service means. We didn't realise. Uh, thank you for coping with very, very good grace. A bit of a little, uh, jaunt into the sunshine this morning. I'm glad it's not raining or freezing cold today. Had you known that there would be a fire drill, you might have come better prepared to cope with it. But of course, that's the point of a fire drill. It has to be unexpected. You don't get any warning of a fire. That's why we didn't give you advance notice. Equally, and if you've been paying attention to the reading, you'll be aware that when Jesus comes back to the earth as Lord and Judge, there will be no four-minute warning for that either. So we are called to be ready and be prepared for the unexpected, because Paul says he could return at any moment. I don't think that's the file I'm going again. I think that's probably it resetting. So we will ignore that. <laughs> and, 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 return, and return to our reading. Uh, taking it from the top again, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Oh, it's the burglar alarm, because we've opened the, uh, yeah, we opened the door to get out. I'm sure they can sort that as well. Okay. No, we weren't, no. The reference to a thief in the night is quite appropriate here. Okay, right. Enough. Now, concerning, concerning the times and seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labour pains come upon a pregnant woman and they will not escape. But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let's be sober. Having put on the breastplate of faith and hope, and for faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. I 
want to tell you the story of, of Cademan. In the 7th century, Cademan was an illiterate herdsman who worked in the monastery up in the Whitby area. It was his job to look after the animals. And he was happy to do that because he, he wasn't just illiterate, he was also quite inarticulate. He couldn't get his words out easily. And, and he found it difficult being in the company of other people. He used to kind of, in the evenings, he would stay by the door, and as people started chatting and singing, he would slip out and, and go and be with the animals in the stable, where he felt much more comfortable, because they didn't talk, they didn't expect him to talk, and that's where he felt he belonged, really. One night, when as usual, as people were singing and talking and laughing, he kind of slipped out into the stable and fallen asleep, he had a vision. He had a vision of an angel appearing to him. He said, Caveman, sing! I can't, was his reply. Sing to the one who created everything, came the command. And the story goes that he opened his mouth and he sang these words, which have been translated into everyday English for our benefit. He would have said them in Anglo-Saxon. Now let me praise the keeper of heaven's kingdom the might of the creator and his thoughts, the work of the Father of glory, how each of wonders the eternal Lord established in the beginning. He first created for the sons of men heaven as a roof, the holy creator. Then middle earth, the keeper of mankind. The eternal Lord afterwards made the earth for men, the almighty Lord. I found another translation which makes more sense to me after I put this, submitted this to the, to the team. The eternal Lord afterwards adorned the earth with men, the almighty Lord. And scholars of Anglo-Saxon poetry, they say this is a good example of early poetry, the caesures in the middle, the balance two halves of the line, the alliteration, the, the stressing is right, though it doesn't rhyme. Um, and we have this poem because Hilt who was abbess at Whitby at the time, when she heard what had happened to Cademan, said, that, that's a divine gift that God has given you. She recognised that God had given something very special to this illiterate herdsman, and she encouraged him, and so Cademan became the first English poet. Uh, and he's famous, in some circles anyway, for that reason, because... Someone encouraged him and said, that's God's gift in you. Value it, treasure it, develop it, and use it. And today, in some sectors of the church, this is the feast day of St Hilda, and we remember that story of how she encouraged Cademan, and because of her encouragement, he became the first English poet. On your tables, there are pictures of St Hilda. And can I invite you just to take one and, and write on it something that you see in the person next to you that is special, that you want to encourage, something of the divine spark in them. If you don't know them very well, just say what, what you, you think you see in them. And then pass that bit of paper to them. This is something that I discern in you that is special that I want to encourage in you. We're going to encourage each other just by writing or drawing something. It might just be a smiley face. That's all you know about the person. But just, just put that down and uh, yeah.
share that with the person. Then if, when you've been given your bit of paper, take it away and just pray, God, is this your gift to me? How can I use it for your glory? Okay, can I invite you to stand and we'll sing together, fill your hearts with joy and gladness. Let's pray together. Do please be seated, otherwise you'll be standing for a while. Lord, we worship you, the creator of all the things and this marvellous world that you have made. And even as the, the, the days uh, get shorter and the nights longer, uh, help us to live in harmony with the season, to follow a more restful pattern of life, Help us to find the time to watch and to wait and discern. In the run-up to Christmas, help us avoid the tendency to rush or to be frantic or be harassed or hassled. May this be a season of quietness for us, we pray. And as we gather together in this place, we ask that this church might be a place where you restore our souls. Help us to be a church that loves and welcomes and protects, listens, learns and serves, repents, restores 
transforms lives, values, cares and believes. And on this Safeguarding Sunday, we, we pray for all who may have suffered hurt or harm within the family of the church. And whether they're known to us or not, we know that you know them by name. So for those who feel trapped, grant them a way of escape. For those who are in pain or who feel betrayed, bring them comfort and healing. And for those who seek justice, may they have courage and strength. You tell us that we're one body and if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. Give to everyone who suffers someone who will listen to them, support them and walk with them. And Lord, we acknowledge before you we don't always get things right. We're made in your image. We're beautiful but broken. And we need your love and the restoration you bring. So help us to commit to make our church a safer place, not a perfect place, but a place where people find grace. So enable us to speak up for those in need, to stand with the crushed in spirit, to love without limit, and to weep with the weary. And Lord, as we reflect on our own brokenness, we think too before you as the creator of your broken and damaged world. And on the threshold of COP28, another round of climate change talks, we pray that out of the discussion and the debate would come planet-changing commitments. We thank you for the abundance of your world, the meticulous detail which, which, which everything is made. And we're desperately concerned at the upending of the seasons. We've seen a year of extreme heat, forest fires, flooding, hurricanes, people on the move because their harvests have failed again and they can't stay where they are. And we reject complacency or complicity in this. And we pray for a seismic shift in the hearts and minds of decision makers that will shake us out of complacency, denial or despair. Give us the courage and humility to live respectfully in harmony with the planet you've created and to work for peace between each other and between ourselves and the world which you've made. For we ask it in your name, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And can we say together the Lord's Prayer? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Father, Hear the prayer we offer, not for ease, that prayer shall be. Stand to sing.
Talk about making God's work our ceaseless prayer. Keith, do you want to come and talk to us about shoeboxes? Ken, you've got an announcement to make after that. That's all right, so thank you. Well, a few weeks ago, I was encouraging you to pick up the bouton and, and, and get involved with shoeboxes for Operation Christmas Child. Remember last year, um, we raised about 91 boxes, I think it was, and uh, they went mainly to refugees in Eastern Europe and some to middle, the Middle East. Well, you've matched this year, last year's number. It's wonderful. Uh, we've had uh, 81 boxes in to go up to Reigate and thank Val and Rob for taking them up there this week and 10 or more boxes done online. So we've equaled that 91 number again, at least. So I thank you on behalf of all of those children to whom those boxes will be going, uh, mainly into Eastern Europe and the refugee children there, and some, I'm sure, to the Middle East refugees as well. And you think of the love that's gone into the making the boxes, and that love will go forward in Jesus' name to those children who may have very little or nothing at all, and uh, it's an opportunity for them to learn of the love of the Lord Jesus in their lives, which could be quite tumultuous at the moment. So again, uh, thanks on behalf of the children for all you've done for them. Thank you. Thanks, Keith. Good morning, everybody. Um, we've had our fellowship fire drill, and uh, it's my opportunity to invite you to a much more pleasurable fellowship experience uh, which is our big breakfast. Uh, if you've been coming here for any length of time, you'll know that a few times a year uh, we try to organise a fellowship breakfast. So we're doing that on Sunday the 3rd of December. It's the first Sunday of Advent. Uh, there will be a team of us here to prepare breakfast for you and uh, we'd be delighted if you would come and join us. Uh, if you want the full cooked breakfast, you can have that and there are almost invariably seconds for those with the large appetites. If you'd like a more modest continental breakfast or cereal, that is available too. And we also take care of anyone with special dietary needs. There are sign-up forms in the, uh, in the foyer outside. It would be helpful if you could sign up there so we know the numbers. But we'd be delighted if you'd come and join us for the fellowship breakfast on Sunday morning at 9am. or be there for 9am uh, and then thereafter we'll come and join here for worship for the first Sunday of Advent. That's the 3rd of December. Thank you. Thank you, Ken. And can I remind church members, please, about the church meeting on Wednesday? It's important that we gather because we're electing deacons. Alan and Adrian, could I ask you both to stand, please, just so people know who you are? Alan and Adrian both standing to be deacons. Um, Alan can stay briefly for coffee after the service if you want to catch him. Have a quick word with him then. <coughs> Julie will be serving homemade banoffee pie from the kitchen hatch for coffee. That is not an inducement to vote for her, but it is delicious. <laughs> I can doubt it. If you want to see Julie, you can. Deborah's not here today. She sends her apologies for that. Can I just say that if you are um, interested in exploring taking further steps in terms of Christian commitment, we're looking at starting a series of baptism, Christian commitment, church membership classes on Friday evenings starting in December, first day, 15th of December. If you're interested, please have a word with me and we can include you in those Friday evenings exploring next steps in terms of Christian commitment in December. So, thank you. What makes you afraid? What makes you anxious or, or fearful? Can we have the slide up, please, Brian? Thank you. Um, there are all sorts of things that can, can make us anxious about other people, about the future, about things getting out of control. 
And what God says to us when we feel those times of anxiety is, buckle up. Okay? Buckle up is a phrase that comes from the past, uh, in terms of when people used to put on their swords. Um, these days, people put on a different kind of armour. Helmets, flak jackets, body armour to keep them safe if they're going into dangerous or difficult situations. And Paul said, put on the armour of God. Put on love and faith as a breastplate. As a helmet, put on the shield of salvation. So the three things he tells us to wear each day are these three things. Faith and hope and love. These are the things we are to put on in terms of our character each day as we go forward. As you enter an unknown week, enter it with your hearts full of faith and hope and love. On your tables are envelopes with 18 bits of paper in, colour-coded. Then they're kind of a bit like jigsaws. If I could invite you to reconstruct the A4 pieces of paper so that all the colours are together and the bits fit to make a landscape shape of paper, I will help you to this extent. The folded bit goes at the bottom, inquise goes at the top, that should help you. Each of those says something about how we live in faith and hope and love. I'm going to give you six minutes just to see if you can sort them out. And just, there are questions to consider. I uh, just invite you to reflect as you put these together on what it means to live in faith, hope and love. Thank you. Can I call you back? Well done for doing your jigsaws. Alison, have you got a query? No, that's right, okay. So, in Christ, we find faith. Faith is God's gift to you in Christ. Faith in God. It counteracts fear because when everything is going wrong and you feel like things are out of control, you trust that God actually is in control. Nothing happens without his permission. You are safe in him. You can trust him. He will not let you go or abandon you. And while sometimes we contrast faith and works, actually our faith is expressed in working for God. Your work of faith, Paul talks about at the beginning of his letter to the Thessalonians. So in Christ we find faith in God, which means we've worked that faith out in terms of working for God, And it counteracts fear because we trust that God is in charge. In terms of hope, hope is also God's gift to you in Christ. In Christ, you find hope for the future. And hope makes you resolute. I'm going to stay with this. I'm not going to give up because I trust that God will bring a good outcome at the end of it. Fear of the future can paralyze us. What might happen Faith trusts that God is in charge and he is working for your good whatever situation you find yourself. So you don't give up. You don't abandon hope. You don't lapse into despair. Faith, hope counteracts fear because you trust that God is at work to bring good out of whatever situation you encounter. And in Christ you find love as well. Love is God's gift to you in Christ. Um, And love is about loving other people. Perfect love casts out fear, the Bible says. We can be scared of what other people think of us. We can be scared of what an encounter with other people might mean. God gives us the love so that we do not need to be afraid of what other people think of us or make of us. 
Love overcomes fear. And love releases us, calls us into serving one another. The armour of God that God gives you is made up of faith and hope and love. Faith expressed in good works. Hope expressed in endurance. Love expressed in serving others. All of them the antidote to the fear that so often grips and paralyses us. Whenever you feel anxious or afraid, remind yourselves that God has given you the gift of faith and love and hope. He equips you with these things so that whatever happens, however daunting the future might look, whatever anyone might say to you, however chaotic life might seem, you can live well and bravely for him. So this coming week, put on faith and hope and love and wear them as you seek to live for God. We're going to sing together, O Church, Arise.
Blessings on you as you go now into this day and week that you belong to. May your heart be guarded from all that causes it it to ache with the breastplate of faith and love. And may your mind be calmed from all that causes anxious thoughts as you put on the helmet of hope. And whether you are awake or asleep, may you know that you are living with and in Christ who loves you so much, he died to save you. And may we encourage one another at every turn. May we build one another up at every opportunity. And may we live well into this salvation that is ours through our Lord Jesus Christ. Go in peace then to love and serve our God. In Jesus' name. Amen.